We're coming to you live from the future. Whoa, we're in the future. But somehow also the past? Uh, who knows? I'm Mackenzie. I'm Liz. And you're about to listen to our podcast. Uh, and we just wanted to tell you a little bit of a little something. Uh, going into season two, we changed our name, as you probably see on your podcast app, <laughs> to Wisteria Gaze. Uh, but we just wanted to let you know, don't be shocked if you hear the old name, because <laughs> we used to have an old name. But now we are Wisteria Gaze. Uh, and you can find us on social media at uh, Twitter at Wisteria Gaze, on Instagram at Wisteria Gaze underscore, <laughs> underscore. Uh, or WisteriaGaze.com. So hit us up. That's Hell our new name. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, Liz. Hello, Mackenzie. Whoa. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm a singer. How are you? I'm neat. I'm vibrating <laughs> from what we just did before We this. just recorded our Thousand Download Spectacular yes. fan fiction episode. So if you haven't listened to that, check it out. The last one is the best wild. One. And I'm thinking about it and getting goosebumps. Oh, you have to listen to it if you want to hear us read some desperate Housewives fan fiction. It's very excellent. Because what we're doing right now is we're not reading fan fiction. We're talking about the canon of yeah. Desperate Housewives um, with episode 15. Whoa. Episode 15. And we're getting the episode right this time. Yes. We didn't <laughs> fuck it up like last time. Um, I am loving the latter half of the season. Yes. Me I too. am fucking loving it. Every episode is scrumptious as hell. Very excited to talk about this one. Do you want to just dive in? Oh, I just want to dive in. Dive on in. I, I got, listen, listen, listen. Listen. Listen, I got a brand new swimsuit for this. Ooh, I like it's it. It's swim trunks. I got a little pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's normal pockets like yeah. swim trunks normally have. But then there's like a little cargo pocket. Like a cargo pocket, yeah. But it's only big enough to fit a coin. Ooh. And it's, <laughs> it's very small. They've got, they're, they're, they're green. They're like okay. a neon green okay. with like blue lightning bolts ooh, tasty and your face on them and my yeah i love <laughs> yeah. that oh my god i look really good on your on your pants on your legs <laughs> so you're gonna use those you're gonna dive into the sodi yes i'm gonna use my brand new oh swim my trunks gosh episode 15 titled impossible premiered february 20th 2005 and it was written by liz drum roll i don't want to hit my desk it was written by mark cherry mark cherry series creator the boy the man himself and it was directed by larry shaw who's directed oh a bunch God. of good episodes this season he directed the wanita getting hit by a car episode he directed the fashion show episode what a power couple what a power couple um and sometime watch once again this episode is called impossible comes from the musical for the millionth time, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. A musical I have never seen. Um, we should listen to it. We should apparently every every like episode this season is from that musical. When we get two thousand downloads, we'll we'll do a listen through of the album. We'll listen to a funny thing happen. We'll do a live stream. Forum. Are you ready to talk about the events? The events. Ugh. The cinematography. The Brie Van de Camp opening. She loves old fashioned things. I screamed when I saw Ronald Reagan. 
I, I also did. I liked how the this was just a polite way of saying she's like a staunch Republican. Yes. Being like, she likes old fashioned values. And then like Ronald Reagan is just in her fucking hallway. Jesus that Christ. Was wild. And basically this monologue is, yeah, talking about her values. And then she finds a condom in the laundry and confronts Rex about it, thinking he's cheating again. Yes. And then Rex says, listen, Brie, I'm not the only man in the house. Maybe it's Andrews, and she hates that. <laughs> Breaks the fuck out. And honestly, I, I wrote, I feel weird because I'm kind of on Rex's side about this a little bit in terms of, like, when when young people, I mean, I never was a horny teen like they portray yes, in the, in the films and the movie industry, but I do believe that if, like, people are, like, older teenagers, they're, they, they're wanting to put their bodies on other people's bodies, I think that there is no way to literally stop them. So mm-hmm. by making sure they are educated and do it in the safest way possible yeah. is truly the best way to handle your children. So I actually agreed with Rex. I liked his, it was weird, but I liked his line where he's like, Brie, you could take his penis. He tells <laughs> how to have sex. Like he's right. Like, like if a, if a teen, especially like as rebellious as Andrew wants to have sex, he'll find a way. So just making sure he is safe, has condoms, is educated about, how to take care of another person in that way, he'll be fine. And and Bree doesn't agree with him until no. she abstinence, abstinence, abstinence. <laughs> um, until Rex poses, do you want to be a grandmother? And then we get a uh, a call back to Mary Alice comes back in, and it's like, yes, she believes in old fashioned values, but she also believes in being safe. Oh <laughs> uh, hell yeah. Then we get the opening credits. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, my bones just start crunching automatically. Crunch, and then bones. crunch, 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 crunch. I'm clapping my cheeks. My cheeks are being clapped. <laughs> my cheeks are, are clapping. My the cheeks clap are of clapping. my ass cheeks are clapping to the opening credits. Just... <laughs> that was my ass. <laughs> It was. I saw. <laughs> it's like in SpongeBob. Remember when when Patrick's like ass cheeks are like yes. fully separate entities yes. and slap each other. That's me to the Desperate Housewives theme song. Yes. Oh, and then we go back to Wisteria Lane, and Mary Alice is giving a monologue about white lies. Yes, I will say there is a shot of Mrs. Petrol putting a sticker on her car, and it unnerved me because it was like lumpy. <laughs> It, like, wasn't flat, and I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch her name. What a what A-plus watcher you were. I had to write it down. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I wrote, I wrote, Mrs. Petrol, that sticker shot unnerved me. Yeah, it was a lumpy stick, you know? But basically, we get to Carlos, and he's trying to save face with the male guy, when literally, I don't think the male guy cares. He does not give a shit. I also thought they were going to do a rule of three and have a third mailman interaction, yeah. and yet they didn't, and then I felt incomplete. Yes. Ugh, come on, Mark Terry, rule of three. But then we cut to Susan telling the girls that Mike was shot, the Hoobs' bracelet is there. Susan is trying to vouch for him, being like, I can't believe that he would hurt somebody like in that way. Mike is such a good guy. And she's basically trying to vouch for him. And I was like, she's saying Mike's a good guy. That's me. (laughs) Um, And Lynette wants to call the cops. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was saying, like, I wrote one. I wrote Lynette looks really hot in this scene to me. Um, But also, yeah, like, Lynette agrees with Susan. Is like, 
I don't think he did it either, but we are withholding evidence. And it seems like Gabby and Bree are more of the mind that he did do it. And so it seems like there's a bit of a split with the ladies yeah. of what they think about Mike's innocence. But Gabby does say, like, mm-hmm. listen, with whatever you choose to do, we will support you. I thought that was really sweet that of Gabby. That was very nice. It was a good Gabby moment. She's getting better for me. I'm loving Gabby. She was such an ally this episode, which we'll yeah. see later. I, I was vibing with Gabby this episode, for sure. Yes. I also loved the bit. So they decide to they decide to call the cops and turn in the information. And I liked the bit. I just thought the timing was really unique and they had never done something about how to call 911 where it was like, should we call 911? Well, it is a murder. Well, it's old murder. Like, yes. like it was like a very quick, witted It was snappy. It was snappy. You could tell I, because it, like, it had the it had the Mark Cherry touch. Yeah, I but I loved that. I was like, "Oh, I want more moments like that." Yes. That was very I thought that was a pretty fun like just comedic timing moment because it was interrupted by Susan being like just call the police and it was I thought that was a really good moment I was like that feels different in a way that I love yeah so I hope we get more of that (laughs) I'm laughing at my note I wrote Julie answers the door for a little fucking nerd in all all caps it's true because we cut to Julie she answers the door Zach is there with a formal invitation to a party (laughs) which is so interesting he's we find out that like he is having the party just so he can see her. What a great Gatsby fucking bullshit yeah. thing. Isn't that what Gatsby did for Daisy? He, like, threw parties so know. she'd notice him. Uh, classic high school literature. <laughs> but basically, she says she'll try to talk to her mom, but she doesn't really have high hopes that she'll be let to go. And Zach's just kind of like, well, t- well, you have to come. <laughs> you have to be at this party, Julie. Julie, you have to be at this party. I felt this episode, and we will get into it later, made me feel so ashamed that I was liking Zach. Because <laughs> he was, as I am wont to say, bonkers bananas in this episode in a way I totally disliked. Well, that's the thing. is like It's like we felt bad for him I, I and before we knew that his character was going to take a turn like this. <laughs> that's like, true. You know? Because a lot of things that have happened in, in the, just the 15 episodes we've known yeah. these characters, yeah. And then Gabby is walking back to her house and sees a twink. Yes. <laughs> An actual twink. An actual twink. Uh, or Justin, who we've seen him before. Yes. A co- John Tucker's Yeah, John Tucker's roommate and friend. Oh, we've seen him like in very small doses. We haven't really seen him in a prominent way until this episode. And he's outside the house, the Sully's house, being like, hey, I want to be your gardener for free so I, I want to trim your hedges. Trim your fucking hedges. I want to get up in your weeds. I want to fucking, I want to fucking mow your lawn, right? Hey, I want to go down on you. Yeah, I want to have sex (laughs) with you. Is that okay? (laughs) Um, Gabby becomes a metaphor for the yard. Also, (laughs) uh, yeah, so basically, sorry, I'm so sorry. No, keep going. One of my notes is, uh, trim your bushes, get away from me. (laughs) I wrote, she says, because yeah, he was basically like being like, I could do everything John did, wanting to have sex with her. And she's like, if anyone trims my bushes, it's Carlos. And it made me think, I was like, does Carlos shave Gabby? Did we discover <laughs> their kink? Oh my That's God. what I thought of. That's funny. Ugh. But basically she turns him down being like, Carlos is in the house a lot. And did you know he just went to prison? 
He'll fucking kill you, you little twink in my front he's yard. Been, he's been itching to kill someone. He's been itching. <laughs> oh, his, his little fingies are burning to do a murder in the front yard. Carlos really, like, it really feels like Gabby literally is just like, I'll just sick Carlos on anyone yeah. I don't like. And it's like, he's a person. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a weird thing to say. But yeah, she she's like... Get out, get out well, of the yard. It, it's kind of like he, she's treating him as an object, kind of like he is treating her as an object. That's true. <laughs> also, Justin's freaking frosted tips. That's Why is that what I look like back before I shaved my head? I had frosted tips. I'm a twink. You are a twink. <laughs> you could have cosplayed Justin. I can still cosplay Justin. I want Justin cosplay from you. Okay. That's what I and want. I need a hoops cosplay from you. I'll do it. We'll do our, everyone's Halloween. favorite couple's costume. <laughs> Justin and the hooves. Justin and the hooves. Justin the twink and hooves. Hooves. The milf? The, the gilf? The gilf? Grandma maybe, I'd like maybe, to fuck? Maybe a gilf, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. The twink okay. and the gilf. It's a new story that we're writing. <laughs> the twink and the gilf is my fan fiction I'm writing. Yes. Um, and then, basically, we cut to the babies. They're playing hockey in the house. What? Just you calling them the babies makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, Tom comes home. He's sad. He didn't get a promotion. Ooh-woo. Fucking Dugan. Fucking, Fucking Dugan got it. Dugan. And Lynette's like, you know that if you want things, you should ask for them, right? And, and he's Tom's like, like I should have to ask for them. <laughs> and then he pees his diapy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this whole scene was like, you know, Lynette asks for things and, and Tom doesn't. Because Tom, there's a bit sort of repeatedly how he is asking the boys to take the game outside and they do not listen to him. And one yell from Lynette and they listen instantly. Yes. Because Lynette knows how to actually get shit done. And yeah, Tom Tom is a, is a what does she call him? A wilting violet? A wilting flower? Think, or something. Know. Yeah, she's basically like, hi, honey, you have no fucking backbone. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. We, we knew that. And then we cut to Mike, and he's got a little scruff. He's a little scruffy boy. He's a scruffy boy, and he goes, hey, sexy. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> he pulls up in his car. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, Su- Susan walks up to him. She has groceries in his in her hand, mm-hmm. and they're talking. And Susan sees that there's a bunch of fucking cops with guns drawn behind him, and basically, like, she's just distracting him, and then hands him the groceries and gets out of the way so he can get arrested. Yep, and that's basically that scene. Yeah, there's a lot of quick scenes in this one. Oh yeah, it's very, very, very tight. Chimpy. It's a tight sewed. It's a tight sewed. And then we cut to the Vandekamps having dinner, and Andrew is telling them about Zach's party, and Danielle and Zach are kind of making fun of him. And I also wrote that I really liked this, um, like, sweet smile that Rex Mm -hmm. gave Brie, because it kind of did feel like the family was, like, being kind of normal together for the, really the first time we've ever seen in this series. Like, they seemed, like, happy just listening to the kids kind of josh about how nerdy Zach is, and then it took a turn. I would like to bring up something really quick. Okay. We're talking about the Vandekamps. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this family picture. I would like to point out Andrew's hair. 
okay. I would like to nominate Andrew's hair in this scene and technically throughout the episode as lesbian of the episode. I don't remember what it looks like. It's very like Sean Hunter, but if Sean Hunter had like straightened the middle part, (laughs) it's so weird. It's so, it's, it's very lesbian. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I don't remember it. I need to go look it up. Andrew's hair from this episode, lesbian of the episode. I just want to chuck it in. I want to chuck it in the bucket. Chuck it in the bucket. Chuck it in the bucket. We have some other nominees i think coming up let's chuck it in the bucket we will discuss um but basically they start fighting a little bit about the party brie brings up andrew spending a lot of time with a girl named lisa Mm -hmm. and they start fighting over a curfew yeah and and rex is like a curfew isn't gonna do anything and eventually andrew's like what's this about is this about the condom you left on my bed Mm mm-hmm and Bree begins to lecture him about having sex with Lisa. Andrew kind of scoffs and laughs. She literally says, if you get Lisa pregnant, you will marry her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like, he's, he has a condo, whatever. Um, and he throws his sister under the bus. Yeah. And says, it's hers. And Bree looks shocked. Brie Vandekamp. I, I don't even remember her face, but I did write in my notes, Bree's face is fucking hilarious to me. Yes. She's the president of the Abstinence Club, Mackenzie. Oh my god, we got another mention of the Abstinence Club! I would like to say, Quinn Fabray was also the president, the president of, of the her cl- Abstinence Club. <laughs> so maybe, maybe Danielle, maybe she will have a Quinn Fabray. Oh my god. Did that make sense? I feel like, 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 like maybe, too- maybe Danielle will get pregnant like Quinn Fabray, yeah, is maybe, that what you're maybe. saying? But also, speaking of Abstinence Club, we do have an Abstinence Club t-shirt, so if you would like to be in the Abstinence Club... <laughs> We go to have, our website. Go to our website. We have an official Abstinence Club t-shirt for Fairview High. Um, but basically, Brie is trying to talk to Danielle about who the fuck she's trying to have sex with. And she wants to give her virginity to John Tucker. Because she says he broke up with her because she wouldn't put out. And I actually agreed with Brie here. Being like, if he is the kind of person who only wants to be with you to have sex with you, then that's yeah. not a very healthy relationship. Good yeah. riddance to him. So I actually did agree with Brie in that situation. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I agree also. But I also think that people should, young people should be given the tools to yes. be safe, as I've said. So. I think it was very interesting when Brie was like, I know what it feels like to have urges. And I'm like, Brie, you're gay, <laughs> right? <laughs> Brie, you're a dyke, so no, not really. <laughs> Danielle exclaims that she loves John Tucker. Ooh, and Bree's like giving a boy sex is not going to get you love in return, which and I also. Then she agree says, with. "Dad cheated on you." <laughs> She's like, "What do you fucking know about it, Mom? Because yeah. Daddy cheated on you, and you're the most miserable bitch on this planet." <laughs> that's <laughs> and word she, for word. Yeah, well, that's word for word. That's Mark Cherry's writing. Then she slurps down that fucking <laughs> orange juice. She slams it on the ground and skateboards out of the room. Yeah, it does a kickflip over Bree. Yeah on the way out yeah that was my favorite scene i think it was uh, yeah my i mean like i know i haven't seen the rest of the seasons but mm-hmm. i think that's gonna be the rest that my favorite yeah. series scene. The, the danielle kickflip scene for sure yes and then we cut to carlos and gabby basically we find out that they have a bunch of bills that are past due and they're at risk of losing the house and then there's like noise outside and it's justin and carlos tells gabby that he hired justin yeah, he's like, he's John's friend. He wants to do it for free. Aren't we lucky? He keeps being like, everything's going to be okay because we're lucky. And I'm like, yeah. bitch, luck isn't going to pay your debt. No, <laughs> That's not no. how that works, my good bitch. How are you a businessman? Um, but Gabby does not seem happy about the fact that 
Justin clearly went over her head to get hired by Carlos. And then we cut to the, I guess like a company baseball game. Do companies actually yes. do that? I see that in TV shows constantly. They, and I have never known a company to actually do that. I worked at a company. I used to work on boats. And they tried. They tried to do like company baseball and it never worked out. That's so weird that that's such a, a, a thing, like a, a trope. Yeah. Um, well, it's because, like, offices do, like, team building and stuff, so... I guess. Like, we, like... My previous job that I had to leave this year, uh, there was people who were, like, renting spaces and trying to rent, like, the private rooms to play board games as, like, team building exercises. So, like, there is, like, company, Ugh. like... I want an excuse like to that. play baseball so I can pretend like I'm in the league of their own. I'll play baseball with you. Oh, let's go play baseball together. Let's play catch like you're my dad. Yeah. And I'm your I'm your sweet little boy. I'll go to my parents' house and I'll get my old mitts. Oh, let's do that. Tom is on the bench and he's watching Tim Dugan, the guy who got the promotion, hit a home run. And Liz, I have a nominee for Lesbian in the episode here. Is it Lynette in her little hat? I wrote Lynette in this dyke hat. I did write... Lynette, in this hat, I'm eyes. This is going to be Mackenzie's pick. (laughs) Why do you know me so well? You know. Okay, I just thought she looked hot. I thought the hat was very dikey. Being at a baseball game, very dikey. Like, I just was like, you know, lesbian of the episode. My nominee is Lynette at the baseball game. In that hat specifically. Okay. I still just. peanuts. I know. I know. It's so good. It's so good. I just love the concept of Andrew's hair being lesbian of the episode. But you don't remember it. I don't remember it, yo. (sighs) This is something we both remember. Do we not have any other nominees later down the episode? Do you have any? I have another slight nominee that we might yes, be in same. Yes. We might be in sync yes. with. Yeah. And anyone that knows us probably sees where we're going. But if you watch the episode. Yes. And Dugan is running a home run. He falls down. At, did this guy I, die? I fucking thought he died. Thought and we were going to have to do a Because we've talked about doing memorial episodes for everybody who dies. And I was like, are we going to have to do a Ted Dugan memorial episode? It would that's be like two like, minutes long. Yeah, it'd be two minutes long. We um, have, it would, we'd, I would make a video that's like a slideshow of all the our favorite Ted Dugan moments. And it would just be of him falling. <laughs> just be when he died. It, I thought he died. Uh, yeah, for later in the episode, he does not die. He just has a major heart attack, apparently. But he falls down. And he yeah. looks like fucking dead. And that's basically that scene. And then we cut to Julie wanting to go to the party. And Susan says no, because Zach's going to be there. And she opens the door and the inspector's there. He wants to talk about Delfino. Yeah, he wants to talk about old Mikey. Basically, well, they talk in the house. Yeah, they talk in the house for this time. And she basically, like, gives an alibi for Mike the first time they had sex. Yeah, she realizes this when he asks about the specific day about the Hoobs' death. She gets very excited when she realizes that she was fucking Mike that night. Yeah. Which I actually forgot about. I realized, oh, yeah, that would be his alibi because they they juxtaposed, you know, the Hoobs getting choked with Susan also getting choked. Am I right? Uh, Oh! (laughs) Ah! Um, but you know what I mean. Like, I forgot about that being, literally being his alibi. And fucking Julie, like, corroborates it by being like, my mom made heart-shaped pancakes the night after she got dicked down. So oh I know God. it's true. That's And then she put on sunglasses <laughs> and popped open a can of Surge and threw it on, it spit it out onto the inspector's face yeah. and then kicked him. 
Yeah, like, and then she cops. kicked in, and then she got on her razor scooter, and she yeah. fucking did that like little thing where you flip the bottom. Yes, yes. And then she fucking skated over to the party. <laughs> yeah. All the all the teenage girls are being very they're very really good this episode. Re- rebellious this episode. Yeah. <laughs> And then we cut to Justin is just in the fucking house now, just I guess. Just walks the fuck upstairs. And Gabby's like, get out of my house. And instead of getting out, he touches her, which my, these are my notes. Do not touch her. He kiss. She slap. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what happens. He kissed. She slap. Yeah. He, the thing that caught me off guard that I thought was so gross was he's like, you have to be nice to me at least once, which yeah. is like super gross and he said he basically tries to blackmail her and it's yeah, like he's like you, you rat on me i'll tell on you yeah it's like i'll tell carlos you fuck john if you don't fuck me and i like everyone is trying to blackmail gabby every other yeah. week Ugh, ashley's gonna come back in the next episode I feel <laughs> ashley it. comes I back feel it <laughs> god where's ashley bring her back <laughs> and then we find out mike is free like a bird a, i'm like a bird he wants to fly away oh um please don't copyright us but he's a good boy he seems very like legitimately like upset and embarrassed yeah about what happened and susan's just like i'm your alibi hi honey hey baby like literally she called the cops on him and now she wants to be really clingy and weird how he's like i gotta go like eat and like take care of myself and she's like cool can i come in can i be up your asshole can i live in your house and your body um, she's very clingy and annoying to me right here. I was like, give him space. You called the cops on him. Let the man breathe. She was just a little too eager for me right here. I was like, I know you missed him, but you truly got him arrested. So maybe just give little Mikey a little bit of a breaky, you know? And then we cut to a duo I quite literally never expected I to see in my life. Was I, if it hadn't been, I forgot why. I literally wrote like, Oh, I remember why she's here now. I gasped. Yeah, I gasped when I saw this duo. Bree Vandekamp arrives at John Tucker's boy cave, arriving at the boy cave. And basically she's like, hello, John. My daughter would like to give her virginity to you. And I would appreciate it if you would turn her down. And we only get a bite of that scene before we cut away back to the Scavo house. Back to the Scavo house, we see Tom and Lynette, and Tom got the fucking job, because Dugan tanked it. Yep. Um, and almost and we died. Find out, we find out that it's all on the West Coast, he's going to be starting up new shit over there, he's going to be traveling a lot more, and Lynette is like, you never told me it was, I thought this was an in-house position, you didn't tell me it was California. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I told you. And he didn't. And he didn't. <laughs> I hope this is the thing that he did. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but, like... Yeah, this is fucked up. Yeah, because he's like, you need to, like, respect me and my job. And, like, this, if I want to be a partner by... I'm 41. Like, if I want to be a partner, I need to do this now. And then my next note is, remember when you made her give up a career to have and raise your children, Tom? She brings that up because he's yeah. like, my career matters to me. And she's like, so did mine. And I'm here. Like, it, like truly, like, he, is, he has no for me, has no weight in the I argument about careers because she gave hers up because she's better than him and she gave it up to be a mother. I don't understand. Obviously, I don't know what happens with these relationships. Mm-hmm. I expect Gabby and Carlos to stay together throughout the whole thing. That's just something I expect. Okay. I expect Rex to, like I said, die or Brie to get divorced. 
I expect that to happen. Okay. Susan, Mike, Endgame. Oh, okay. Lynette and Tom, I don't know. I, like, literally, I cannot see them working out with eight seasons of material. We've just got to keep watching. I don't want that. I want her to be single. (laughs) A single Lynette would be pretty fun. Edie's going to get married. Okay. And then divorced again. We haven't seen Edie in so fucking long, and I'm really upset about it. I miss her so much. But also, going back to this scene, I... One, yes, he fully lied to her. Like, he, mm-hmm. like this promotion is more than she thought it would be because he didn't communicate with her, which is, like, bonkers to not communicate with your partner about something that is that much of a life-changing job. And I watched that scene with my partner, Rachel, and we were both flabbergasted that he just defies Lynette to her face. And is like, I'm taking this job no matter what you want. And I was like, I would fucking be so pissed at my partner for me expressing a need and, and being openly rejected just to my face without a conversation i just thought it was so mean and it's all because he's feeling inadequate and like a little fucking baby at his job yeah. because he, he pooped his diapy this time he pooped his diapy and he's not as good as the other people at his job and he just feels inadequate and he's taking it out on his family and it's fucking annoying and then we cut back to brie and john and she's basically being like you know danielle told me what the breakup was about i would really like you to not fuck my daughter um, John kind of opens up to Brie and letting her know that it wasn't about sex. It was just that he fell in love with somebody else, which we, the audience, know is Gabby. Mm-hmm. Um, but Danielle's like, be brutal. Don't go easy on her. Let her down so she knows there's never any chance that you two are going to be together. And that's Jesus. the scene. Truly, the wildest duo I ever could have imagined. I will say that like during this watch, I did forget Danielle's name. And this is the point where I said... Uh, oh, Danielle is her name. And I put that in my notes. And I just want to put that out there. And Hell we'll yeah. move on for now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> then we cut to Mike and Man. Of Mike and Man. Of um, Mike and Man. <laughs> the old man whose name I can never remember. Noah. Yes, Deidre's father. father. He's eating a bunch of sweets. He doesn't care. He's dying anyway. <laughs> Truly. Um, But basically, like, they just talk about Deidre, right? Uh, they talk about Deidre, and then they talk about the setup that Mike was set up. And oh yes, and Noah's like clearly whoever set you up knows something about Deidre, so you need to figure out who did that and follow that trail. So he's basically like, this wasn't random. This was pointed. Mm-hmm. You should figure that out, which is very intuitive of this man. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he basically is like, I know that whoever set you up will have an answer about my daughter. Yes. And he says that he's going to use his money to protect Mike. Yes. Because like, Mike is really worried about the cops being on his shit. And he's like, I'm rich as fuck, bro. I'm going to I'm gonna. Just I'm rich as fuck money. and I'm dying, so I don't care and I'll do anything for you. Truly. <laughs> so he says he's going to use his money to save Mike's ass. Hell yeah. I wrote king shit, Noah. King shit. <laughs> protect our boy. And then we cut to Mrs. Solis and Justin. At the boy cave. Yes, she barges in. Justin is like, what are you doing here? And she says that she wants to tell John that Justin is trying to blackmail her. What do you think he'll do? Throw something against the wall? <laughs> what a weird... Yeah. <laughs> um, but Justin's basically like, you can't talk to John Tucker. You can't do that because I think I'm gay. And Gabby was like, oh. And obviously, this freaking, freaking, freaking frosted tips looking ass, this little twink, of course you're gay, honey. 
And it's okay. And I love you. I love any gay on this show. So I automatically <laughs> love Justin. Yes. Um, but it's, you know, I mean, like, I understand it's scary. I personally, like, I like in hindsight, I was like, yeah, I'm, I was so fucking gay when I was younger. But I didn't super have, like, a crisis until I was, like, 18. So I wasn't, mm. I wasn't having the, like, gay crises when I, I was in high school. Crises throughout everything <laughs> yes truly yeah so it is a scary thing to tell somebody and try to you know you you try to force yourself to be something you're not in any way you can and so like i, I don't know i feel i really felt i don't know if like i think the actor is like incredible oscar worthy but i did feel for justin i thought yeah. that he was performing this like fear very well and i know that mark cherry who wrote the episode as well as the series creator um is gay and we will find out a lot of spoiler alert character we will find out out at the end of the episode is based off of his experiences coming out as a young gay man so clearly this was a storyline he probably wanted to write because it was something that he experienced so do you think that mark cherry also tried to have sex with a fucking 35 year old woman (laughs) to prove his straightness we'll have to get him on the show and get him get mark cherry on the show um, and then we cut to the babies in the office, mm-hmm. and I said, destroy it. Destroy um, it, babies. This scene I forgot about. Mm. I was kind of, like, losing it with these scenes with, like, the promotion and stuff, because it's, like, it's just, it was bringing back Ashley with the bike vibes. Yeah. And, like, I was kind of <laughs> losing it, but then I remembered, this is the scene where Lynette Scavo basically takes away the promotion from her her husband. She plays this lady like a fucking fiddle. Yeah. And I didn't know who she was at first, but then they say she's the boss's wife. Yes. And she's like, yeah, my husband didn't want to give the promotion to Tom, but I said he's such a hard worker. Mm-hmm. You've got to give it to Tom. And Lynette, as I said, plays this bitch like a fiddle. She's like, oh, yeah, she'll just be, he'll just be gone all the time. He'll miss birthdays. He'll miss... For steps, he'll miss graduation. And the woman behind her is like, oh my god, I've just taken this man from his family. At least that's what I'm assuming is happening internally. And I think Lynette feels like she did it. She's like, she's sort of playing up this narrative of like, oh, woe is me. I will never see my husband again Mm -hmm. with this promotion. And makes the boss's wife feel bad. And then we cut back to ally gabby queen ally the queen of the gays gabby solis talking to justin about his gayness and she's like have you acted on these feelings before like she's being very sweet and like talking to him which honestly maybe like depending on how conservative this town is which i'm getting the vibe it's kind of conservative yeah he might not have a lot of people he can talk to about it clearly because he has a lot of pent-up emotions about his queerness he says he has a buddy, and he's uh, been doing things with, yeah. and he's started to have feelings. He's falling in love him. a little yeah. bit with his buddy, and he wants to have sex with a woman to try to figure out if there's a way he can be straight, because he's really yeah. scared that he's catching feelings for this guy. And he's afraid if he does it with a girl his own age, she'll tell everyone that he knows. Yeah. And, and like... <laughs> He says the line, I may be gay, but I'm not a jerk. When he literally, like, forced a kiss upon this woman. Yeah, I wrote that line, too. And, like, grabbed her. Yeah, that was weird. But, you know, Gabby was really sweet. And she was like, I think that she's relating maybe in, like, a a John way. Because he's, like, Mm -hmm. saying, like, I was fooling myself to think I wouldn't 
fall in love with this guy, basically. And I think that she's like, yeah, I get that. And so I think that I felt like Gabby was maybe relating to that, like fooling herself that she wasn't falling Gabby's in like, love with Gabby's like, I too have Don. a secret love I can't talk about. <laughs> but but I mean, mine's illegal. I think they were trying to relate those two things when they're uh, very different. Yes. But I think that's what the show was doing. But she did tell him that she thinks he's very brave for being who he wants to be, which he's not yet. But, you know, what an ally. Queen of the gays. She kisses him. She kisses him. And he says he feels nothing. <gasps> and then she says, yeah, you're gay. <laughs> that was pretty she- funny. <laughs> it was weird that she kissed the yeah. 16-year-old, but I thought it was kind of funny. And back at the Meyer house, there's a little knock-a-knock at the door from the detective again. But this time he wants Susan to come down to the station with him. And Julie looks across the street, sees the party, and tells her mom to go ahead and go. It's fine. They'll see a movie another night because clearly she wants to use this to her advantage to try to make an appearance at Zach's pool party while Susan is with the detective. Hell yeah. Bad boy Julie. Bad boy Julie. House. Ooh, on her razor scooter slipping that surge. I don't think anything's going to go wrong at this party. No, I think that every high school party and every TV show, has nothing has ever and, gone wrong. And movie. Yeah. And movie. Every every TV show, movie, miniseries, anything. Yeah, I feel high it in my party, bones. High school party always goes right, completely. Um, but we cut to Susan for now at the mm-hmm. police station. Uh, they're talking about how Mike was shot, and she says that he dropped his gun, and the inspector is like, that's a lie. I've been around guns, like, for many years throughout my whole career, and that's never happened. Have you also heard about this home invasion that happened? Yeah, um, a couple blocks away. And then she's saying, like, Mike wouldn't kill anybody. He's a good guy. He's a good boy. And then he produces a fucking <sighs> portfolio where, like, Mike spent five and a half years in jail for both drug trafficking and manslaughter in 87. 87? In 87. Oh, wow. I think we, I mean, obviously we knew that he's killed for DJ, but I don't think mm-hmm. we knew about the drug trafficking, right? No. That was new. And I wrote, oh, I hate this for, for them, meaning Susan and Mike. And because Susan just looks completely upset. Like, she just looks like her, I mean, really, her whole worldview of this person she was falling in love with is completely obliterated. It, it made me so sad when, like, the inspectors were talking about her, mm-hmm. like, through the glass and they called her a sucker. And it's like, yeah. he genuinely, I, I, he wasn't, I, yeah, he, he wasn't, genuinely loves her. He, he loves does. her. Yeah, he wasn't trying to get. And he, yes, he lied to her, but he wasn't trying to get anything out of her. Like mm-hmm. that, like he just wants to, he just wants to love her, and it's it's sad. I, then, I wrote okay, real very quick. Oh, yeah, you say what you wrote, and then no, I'll say I just what wrote. I wrote my note says Danielle and Julie are arriving at the pool party. Danielle spots, spots John and goes over to him. Their lack of chemistry is wild. Go on, girl, give us nothing. <laughs> Here's what I wrote. Remember, like, earlier when I said that, like, I wrote down that her name was Danielle? Yes. I genuinely wrote this next note thinking this was her name. This is about her and John Tucker. Denise wants to get down. (laughs) But John just wants to talk. (laughs) Denise. What a... I mean, it's it's, close-ish. Yeah. Denise. Too many D names. Too many Ds. Deidre. Danielle. Denise. Delfino. <laughs> Delfino. Delfino. E.D. Delfino. Um, yes, she spots John. Denise Danielle. Denise Yell. Um, 
has no chemistry with this act. She has no chemistry with any person no. she's on screen with at all. No, sorry. I'm so sorry to this actress, but goddamn. You gotta get her on, Mackenzie. <laughs> I can't insult her then if we want to have her on the show. Um, I wrote Nerd King Zach comes up and he's really happy that Julie's at the party. Yeah, and they're, they start to hang out, and then there's a shot of, like, Andrew and his buddies throwing someone in the pool. What'd you do at a pool party? And see, Zach starts freaking out. Zach, I, like, I cannot believe how far off the deep end he has gone in, yes. like, two episodes. Because he's like, because, yeah, like, whatever, whatever. Like, Andrew, yeah, Andrew's like, come on, hell, party animal, let's have a good time. And Zach is pitiful, but, you know, and, and he's kind of made fun of, but Andrew still's kind of nice to him and then walks off. And then Zach's like, you know, if I wanted to, I could just take care of him. Do you want me to do that, Julie? And I then know, I know where my mommy put her gun. And, and he, like he he makes like a gun motion with his fingers like he's shooting him. He and Julie's like, like, hey, Andrew, that's fucked up. And Zach goes, yeah, but it's a joke, Julie. It's kind of is. It's a joke. It's a joke, Julie. I know. And, yeah, and I know we're making fun of his voice here because he's little, he's a little nerd king. But truly, like he sounds no. He's like horrifying. She, he's like, she's like, what is that supposed to be? Some kind of sick joke? And he was like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like she's scared. She's immediately terrified by him. And, and I wrote, Julie is a smart, smart, smart girl. So she runs off and finds a sobbing Danielle who they're friends. We get the impression yeah. that they're friends. And I wrote, is this the setup for a gay movie where J- Danielle and Julie are going to end up together? I just wrote gay. <laughs> gay Julie. Give me gay Julie. That. This should, this should be lesbian in the episode. Le- baby lesbians of the episode? Baby lesbians of the episode. I've, I'm feeling it a little bit, even though I so love a Dikey I. Lynette. I, I respect the bangs, even though I don't remember them. I just wanted Danielle and Julie to be a little gay together. We gotta get stuff for that end of season bracket. You're right. Do we want to go with uh, Maybe Danielle next episode will be Andrew's hair. You'll... <laughs> I felt more gay with Julie. I felt more gay yes. on Julie's end. So it's yes. the lesbian yes. of the episode, Julie taking care of her friend yes. Danielle. Yes. Like her, her, her possible lover. Mm-hmm. I want, give me some cute little gay Julie. Yeah. All right. Let's make the episode is Julie being a- Thank God, finally. Thank, thank <laughs> God we have Julie in the brackets now. God, I love Julie. I, she's favorite my, housewife, Julie. She's my favorite character. I don't know why I love her so much. Should we have on our website favorite housewife and then favorite character and they're both just Julie? Yes, I'll add that. Then we cut to Tom and Annette. We find out that Dugan is not dead here. <laughs> we officially find out he's not dead. Uh, but his boss is just going to hold the promotion for him. He mm-hmm. changed his mind. Yeah, I was really annoyed with the way Tom acted to Lynette, and but it it does make me feel it's it's like really complicated for me. Yes, yes. Because like Tom, you know, he lies and he's like, I I didn't really want it anyway. And clearly, like, he is feeling highly inadequate. He clearly wants something more in his life. He, you know, he's forty one, right? He's inching up yeah. towards a midlife crisis, if not our, if not entering one. And Lynette wants him home, but she also wants him to be fulfilled because she loves him. So it's a, it's a really complicated situation, and I did kind of feel bad for them in this scene a little bit, weirdly enough, even though I am very annoyed with how he dealt with it earlier. I say I don't care just because it's just like, they're both terrible people, and they're both <sighs> doing things that they shouldn't be doing, which is why I don't know if they're ever, maybe that is why they stay together for eight seasons. I don't know what happened. You gotta keep watching, Liz. 
And then we see Susan is driving home, and Mike fucking Batman comes out of the shadows, like, in the most horrifying way. And she blows up on him. She's so sad, which makes me so sad. Yeah, she's like, I'm so humiliated that I... That I trusted you. I like. I, I understand you. where she's coming from because yes. it's a very big hit to the face, mm-hmm. and like you are in love with somebody, and like you have no idea about this big part of their life that happened. But then it's like it, it's like she probably just like needs time to like before she would want to talk to him she about needs it to cool because down. it's like that happened all the way in eighty seven. Yes. Like, you don't know what his life was like at that time. You, you don't, don't know. know yeah. Who like he's what become. or why it happened. Um, there was a reason, like, like, why he wasn't talking about it. I don't know. I, I, like, I, I understand for why she's so sad, because she has every right to be sad and upset, because this was kept hidden from her. But also, like, I'm I don't know, I'm just looking at both sides, I guess. I don't know if that's dumb. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think she needs to cool down, for sure. And he starts to try to tell her, like, why he came here. He's like, the reason why I came here. And she's like, I don't want to fucking hear it. And so clearly he is now very willing to open up to her. It does feel like it's a little too late right now. Um, you know, the the episode does not... Obviously, we do not see them reconcile in this episode. I do hope no. that a reconciliation Spoiler. is on the way, though. I, I like them together. I really do. And I thought this was a really well-acted and sad scene. Like, But he, clearly he's ready to start telling her things, but she needs some space because she says yeah. one that I really like. She's like, don't talk to me anymore. Because if you t- keep talking to me, I'm going to let you back into my heart. And I don't want you there right now. And it really made me sad. Yeah. I was like, shit. That was a really I was so line. sad. I hate it when she's sad. You love, <laughs> For the first time su- in my life, I wanted Susan to beat up Stan. Mike Delfino. <laughs> um, I love uh, Susan more than I love Mike. Um, but I, she goes. Yeah, I said it. Um, she goes into the house and she's like, Julie, mommy needs a hug. <laughs> and Julie's not there. Uh-oh. Because um, she's uh, making out with Danielle right now. <laughs> because she's out making out with Danielle. Yes, That's my headcanon. Her girlfriend, um, Danielle. They they decided they decided both to give up men tonight after they yes. both had really annoying... They're like, oh, I don't ever want to date another boy. What if I tried kissing a girl? And then, yeah. And then <laughs> that's what happened. I'm writing that fan fiction. Wait, oh can that God. be my fan fiction? Is that I write has to Dan- be your fan fiction. That has to be alternate universe fan fiction. AU, Danielle, they're, Julie. They're, they're 14. <laughs> I thought they were... Oh, you're right. She's 14. Because Julie's screaming, they're 14. Or she's 14 in the last episode. You're right. Yeah. You can be in love when you're 14. Do you watch Romeo and Juliet, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But basically. So basically, Susan in her little detective brain is like, oh, crap. She went to that party, so she storms over there. The party's basically died down because it's so late. There's not mm-hmm. really a lot of people in there. But she goes to the backyard, mm-hmm. and there's two silhouetted figures making out in the pool. And she yells at them, and she's like, get off of her. I'm her mother. Zach and Julie. And when she sees undie pants, yes. boys undie pants, oh, she's like, not God. only are they in the pool, but they're naked in the pool. Yeah. And she starts fucking screaming, and they, the two bodies go underwater to try to get away from Susan. The first body that cannot hold his breath any longer comes up. It's Justin. It's Justin. And then she's like, is Julie under there? And he shakes his head. And then the next body comes up. And it's Andrew. (laughs) It's Andrew. And Andrew's like, I'm not gay. (laughs) 
And Susan's just like, "Uh uh-huh. And Susan's like, I'm gonna leave. And, like, trips over every chair on the way out. Classic Susan. Classic. Um, As I said earlier, and now I don't have to redact it, uh, as we will see, Andrew's gayness or battle with whatever gayness he has and possesses and is uh, is based off of Mark Cherry's life coming out. And and Brie Vandekamp is based on his mother, which is I think that's very interesting. So the more we get into this storyline with Andrew, the more we will see, I guess... The inspiration behind Mark Cherry. And then we cut to the Solis household. We're in the midst of a fight. A very weird scene. Because, like, they're fighting about money again. And they're gonna lose the house, apparently. I would like this scene to suck my ass, if it could. Oh. Uh, This scene made me very (laughs) angry. Why? Because, well, a couple phrases were said. Like, poor is just a state of mind. Um, and they were like, yeah. who knows? Um, like, they, and, like, Gabby was like, I was poor before, but I was, like, rich in other things. And then they're, they, like, slowly start to accept the fact that they might lose the house. And then Gabby says, like, who knows? It might be fun. Like, might, it might be fun being poor. Yeah. And, like, as somebody who has had a really rough time for a large majority of this year and in the past, like, okay, I grew monetarily up wise. shit. I grew up yeah. very, very poor. Yeah. Yes, that too. Yes, me as well. Yeah. Like, somebody who fucking, like, knows what it's like is like, you don't just fucking say that. Like, of course, you can be like, yeah, it might be fun to be poor, and it's just like a state of mind because you've never been poor yeah and i think that they like maybe hinted that gabby came from like maybe poor upbringing she did run away when she was 15 yeah so i i I can't really tell i did i didn't pull the whole quote i remember my book there was like some weird interview quote with eva longoria being like i loved this scene seeing the layers of gabby i'm like what are the layers that she doesn't have any perception of how like class (laughs) structures work i don't know it, it was poor as a state of mind was a very bad line. It was a very poorly aged line yes. for sure. And yeah, I'm like, what? Carlos just wants to keep the house because he's so prideful. He doesn't want to admit that they need to just like downsize because he ruined their whole fucking life with his terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. It was a weird scene, a weird fight. I, see, there are a couple I don't root for. I don't root for them as a couple, really, ever. So I find that interesting that you're like, they're going to be together the whole time because I don't want them to be. I want them to break I, up. I don't want them to be, but I feel like right. they Who will be. be with? Yeah, I guess. I just, yeah, I, they're, they're a weird couple to me. And yeah, this was a pretty bad scene. I think Here's they a, were trying to yeah. be deep <laughs> and mm. it just fully failed full, for sure. There's rich people writing about rich people problems. Yeah. Poor is just a state of mind. Poor is just a state My of mind. My literal note after that is suck my fucking ass. <laughs> and then who knows? It might be fun being poor. And then spoiler, they never lose the house. At least uh, this season. Yeah, this season. And then we cut to Dirk. What's his name? I have no fucking clue. Oh, the Noah. Man. Noah. 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 And he's the bribing the inspector. Did you get Dirk from? <laughs> I don't know. Where did Dirk pull from? <laughs> the depths of my mind. The depths of your fucking soul. Yeah, they're they're just it's Noah and the t- detective eating. So I guess we're getting the impression that Noah's gonna get Mike off or whatever. And then we get our final Mary Alice monologue showing where everybody is. I liked 
the beginning of this monologue. I think it started off pretty spooky and then it kind of dwindled off because it was all like about him, about him, about her. I didn't like that part. But I think the beginning was very interesting where it's like bringing back to the beginning because they talked about lies, just like the worst set of lies are the ones we tell ourselves before we fall asleep. Yeah, and then we see, like, all these people falling asleep and thinking about specific lies. You know, we see Rex and Bree in bed, and, and she's thinking about probably, I mean, really what Danielle said to her earlier about how unhappy she is. Uh, we see Tom and Lynette in, are in bed. She's thinking about how she made Tom unhappy. Justin's in bed thinking about how he's gay. <laughs> Danielle's in bed, I guess, wanting John to bone her, even though, Dan- even though not Danielle, even though Julie's right there. Uh, Mike is in bed trying to convince himself that he can live with the bad things he's done. And Susan is in bed trying to convince herself that she can live without Mike. Mm. And I also really love the line in the, the final line of the monologue. Each night before bed, we lie to ourselves in the desperate, desperate hope that come morning, it will all be true. Yeah. These Mary Alice monologues have been tight as fuck lately. They're getting fucking juicy. They're tight, 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 tight. And that's the end of the epi. Oh my god. Liz? Yes? The Hulu image for the next episode is Edie. So I'm so fucking excited for next episode knowing (laughs) that she's back. I just, I I can't believe. I saw the little Hulu preview and I was like, fuck yes, Edie's back. Hell yes. Oh, it was a pretty good episode. It was really it was a pretty quick. good epi. As we just went through it, I realized how like quick it felt because of yeah. the short scenes. But a lot happened. A lot of plot and a lot of short mm-hmm. scenes. It's a good little epi. And so we are Desperate House Dykes. And if you want to find us on the social media, oh, oh yeah, you, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. At, <laughs> I can't do a French accent. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Desperate Dykes or our official website, DesperateHouseDykes.com. And on the website, we have great merch. Ooh, tasty, tasty we merch. some beautiful model shots. Oh, yes. Uh, Liz and Taylor did some modeling for some of our yes. shirts. They're very excellent on our we're, website. We're going to get some with Mackenzie. Oh, we're going to do it when, I, when we do our second in-person recording one day. Ooh, tasty. And... Yeah, if you want to find me personally, I'm Liz. You can find me on any and all forms of social media at the Pigeon Wizard. And my name is Mackenzie, and you can find me at Mackenzie Wilkes on Twitter. And and you know what we love? What do we love, Liz? We love reading things that you post on our posts, that you send to us. We love reading reviews is what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. We love reviews. They make our day. And usually we ask a question at the end, and we ask you to tell us something in your review. What did we do last week? Ooh, I don't remember. Oh, last week, who was your Valentine? Who was your who was, who your, was your Wisteria Valentine? Lane Valentine? That was such a good one. And this week, I think it should be, who did Susan catch you kissing in the pool? Oh. See, every time it's romance, I just want to kiss Edie. Yeah. Um, but who did Susan catch me kissing in the pool? Susan caught me kissing. I Oh, I, my first thought was a character that, that hasn't come around yet. Oh. Is that okay? Yeah. I'll but take Susan, off my headphones so I can't hear Well, you. it's okay. No, you can hear it. You can hear it. Put your headphones back on. You can hear it. It's okay. a later this season's character. Susan, Susan caught me kissing in the pool. Susan caught me kissing her mom. 
Whoa! <laughs> That's later this season. That's later this season. Her mom is is a milf, and uh, Susan Comey. But was imagine not expecting that. Imagine I mean, the that scene. Was so left field. If I come up <gasps> and Susan goes, "Is that Julian to there?" And I go, "No." And then it's her mother. When she can you imagine how good I'm, that scene would be? I'm fucking dying. <laughs> That's so funny. I think that'd be a really tasty scene if I was that'd kissing so Susan's mom. Funny. So, who would who would you who did Susan catch you kissing in the pool? I think it's so hard because I want to say Susan. Susan caught <laughs> you kissing. Julie caught Susan and I kissing oh, in the Julie pool. Julie catches you and Susan in the pool. Yeah. Okay, I'm into that. And Julie is like, it said Danielle catches me. And wait, Susan wait, wait, in the wait, pool. wait, wait, wait. Is John wait, under there? Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Julie catches you and susan in the pool yeah <gasps> you two come up and you're all yelling at each other and then you and then and then julie goes who's that over there and you and susan turn and susan goes who's under there and it's <gasps> me and her mom so <laughs> yes. it's, a fucking, yes. it's a fucking uh domino effect of us all catching each other in yes. the pool we're all yes, making yes, out yes, in the pool yes 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 okay i love this scene yeah yeah julie is like is mike under there and then i i yeah. come up yes and then you're like oh it's who is who is that? And then we're and like, who's just... over there? And then <gasps> it's you and her mom. <laughs> yeah, perfect, Liz. Perfect. This is perfect. This so is perfect. when you leave us a review or just comment on our stuff, I don't know. Let us know. Who Tell us who catches, catches you. you in the pool with who. Yes. Let's just give us that scenario and put yourself in it. Yes. Uh, I think there's only a few things left to say. Liz, give them to me. Oh, I'm gonna hit you with them right now. Hit me. I love you. <gasps> I love you. For those of you who couldn't see, I punched. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. And for everyone else out there, stay juicy. Stay juicy. Oh! Yeah. <laughs>